Welcome to Newcastle Libraries Real. I invite you to close your eyes and imagine. Imagine that there are no buildings, no roads, no cars, just the trees, plants, animals and the very first storytellers of this land, the Awabakal and Waramai people. So I acknowledge them as the traditional custodians of this beautiful land in which we live. Welcome to Tomorrow's Future Today, brought to you by Newcastle Libraries in partnership with the Newcastle Youth Council. Most of this series has looked at ways that people can make change from the ground up. This episode explores SDG 17, Partnerships for the Goals, and we specifically look at how building partnerships between organisations can greatly increase the scope of anyone's actions. Building partnerships like these is one of the ways that the Youth Council is able to have a greater impact than we possibly could on our own. This episode was recorded with two of the Youth Council's key partners. Louisa from the Y Project talks with Dr. Temi Egbilakim, Executive Director at CFAL Newcastle. CFAL is a United Nations training centre based at the University of Newcastle. Temi explains more about CFAL's work in the episode. This interview is rich in information about implementable solutions to achieve the SDGs. How does your tomorrow look? Follow Newey Youth Council on Insta. Please introduce yourself and tell us a bit about the organisation you work for. Okay, thank you so much for this interview and I'm happy I'm here. My name is um, Dr. Timmy Belakin. You can call me Timmy for short. I'm originally from Nigeria, Lagos. So that's why my name is that long. <laughs> so I'm the executive director of CIFA Newcastle and also an associate professor at the University of Newcastle. So I'll say briefly that I'm an international scholar and leader with significant experience in teaching, research, and industry practice in multiple local and international contexts. I've lived and worked in different countries. I have led different development, development and implementation of several innovative projects, and I've worked with strategic partners at various local and international organizations, as well as indigenous communities. My interests and expertise include disaster resilience, climate change, smart and resilient cities, heritage buildings, and sustainable development. At the moment, my priority now is to facilitate the transfer of knowledge via peer-reviewed research outcomes into industry practice through the medium of, you know, professional activities, training and postgraduate qualification, which has been my call as a new executive director of CIFA. So just to talk a little bit about what CIFA stands for. CIFA New Council is an affiliated organization, I'll say center to the United Nations through its parent body called UNITA. And then we are also hosted by the University of Newcastle in Australia. So what are we called to do? We are called to deliver quality United Nations certified education, also specialized capacity building training, which is the hands-on aspect, and also to provide peer-reviewed renewal research outcomes in order to cultivate an alumnus of sustainability and um, resilient practitioners and policymakers. So in a nutshell, our core mission is to build the capacity of cities individuals, communities, government organizations, businesses through education and training. And then also we achieve this by, you know, this capacity building and education that we provide. Wow. Oh my goodness. Wow. That's so impressive. What does CIFL offer and why train with CIFL? 
So what does CIFA offer? We cut across both the university, education, advanced degree education through the university and also professional practice. Mm -hmm. So we provide training for local people, for local communities. So we could do training for individuals, the youth, the uh, organization businesses on how do you, you know, how do you personalize SDGs? A lot of times we talk about SDGs, not everybody understands what SDGs are. Mm-hmm. Some people even understand, oh, there are SDGs, they are targeted, but how do I personalize this into my everyday life? How do we incorporate SDGs and the targets into my businesses, especially for the small to medium enterprises? Mm-hmm. How do I make sure that what I'm doing, both as a, an organization, as individual, help me the target and 2030 agenda? So this is what CIFA Nicasso does. So we come to you to deliver these courses, or you can do some of our online courses mm-hmm. as well at your own convenience. And if you have any project that you think CIFA Nicasso can help as an individual organizations in terms of achieving the 2030 agenda, we are here to help. And uh, we also provide access to a lot of resources yeah. from the United Nations by Unita to help individuals and also communities, you know, get along or get on board with the 2030 agenda for implementing the Sustainable Development Goals. Wow, that's that's an incredibly important role. And yeah, the training sounds really mm. beneficial. How long has there been a CFL Centre in Newcastle? The centre has been, was established in 2015. So I would say it's about four years old now. So pretty well established. Yes, we that's are. Awesome. What does it mean for Newcastle to be a UN city? Well, Newcastle became a United Nations city due to the fact that there was a decision made by the current Lord Mayor to host, you know, um, the CIFA Newcastle in in Newcastle City. So it, there is a, a triad agreement between United Nations and UNITEL, as well as the university and the council mm-hmm. and the new city, Newcastle Council City mm-hmm. to actually, you know, host the center that provides its capacity building. So once a city has a capacity or they are interested in doing that, then they looking at their intention, looking at how they're doing it, the United Nations actually provide them with the opportunity to become a, you know, in a United Nations center. So I will say that becoming a UN city, home to Asia Pacific training and research of the United Nations is a great opportunity and recognition of the importance of the collaborations and partnerships to the future of, you know, and growth of the Newcastle city. So it's something that is very important that we are proud of that happens in our own lifetime. Yeah, absolutely. That's a huge achievement for Newcastle Mm. as a city. How important are agreements like the Sustainable Development Goals, do you think? Um, I think the agreement for Sustainable Development Goal is very important because it kind of formulates a joint partnership or joint voices at a global level Mm. for people to actually say, this is what I'm doing, you know, towards sustainable development. Because... If we don't have such an agreement, people do whatever they want. But that kind of gives us a kind of framework Mm. on how we can work together as one global entity. What is your, what is the piece that your country is doing to, you know, to, to achieve the 2030 agenda, for instance, to remove the climate, to reduce the impact of climate change, you know, at a global level and also gives us an access to established frameworks that we can use at local levels, whether at the national level or local government level. So it's kind of, I think it's the agreement is kind of solid, um, consolidates efforts around the globe. Mm. And then we can also learn from best practices because with that kind of agreement, you are obliged to provide a kind of report on what you're doing in your own country. So if you're doing something great that I have not heard about, 
the report is you know most of this report even australia has one mm -hmm. is publicly available yeah and you can have access to them to see what is going on around the world mm -hmm. maybe your passion lies in one of them and how you can actually replicate that your own country given the oh, local wow. context so that is why i think the the agreement is really important that we have a common voice and common unity in achieving the 2030 agenda for sustainable development yeah i didn't know that they were publicly available oh, they to, are. Well, to find out what other organizations yeah. are getting involved yeah, they're, in they're all publicly available wow. can you tell us about some of the work you've been doing in newcastle and are there any particular partnerships that you're really proud of Yes, so I took over the wheel, you know, of CIFA to steer the affairs of CIFA and Newcastle in the last six months. And um, there have been tremendous support and engagement from everyone around me, including, you know, the head of School of Architecture, mm -hmm. uh, the Lord Mayor for Newcastle City, the university itself from um, our Vice Chancellor mm -hmm. Alex. So people have been really supporting and have been proud of all that support. Even the Youth Council is one of yeah. people that are supporting us. And also the, you know, the library. Everyone has been, you know, been great for that support. So far, we have achieved major milestones that include empowering our youth with the university, you know, to study, to have an, a study abroad experience in Korea, South Korea, for them to have a youth engagement training for sustainable consumption and production. So we have about... 22 students or 25 students mm -hmm. on board who wanted to understand how you know what i consume affect production mm -hmm. how does it contribute to environmental degradation mm -hmm. how does it contribute to climate change so these students become the advocators so they go ahead and tell other students you know you're generating a lot of waste don't consume too much you know so we are in, in the last six months we are providing and um, capacities for youth to be the next voices of you know mm. of of the future and we're also providing um a kind of training trainers so that mm. we don't have to do the job all the time they become yeah. the trainers they train the older yeah, youth pass it on. yeah they pass it on so that wow. is something that we, we we've done another thing is that we also we have also put together a a stakeholders workshop mm -hmm. i think last two weeks to a major stakeholders in the hunt within the hunter region i'll say the new south wales mm -hmm. So that people can talk about, you know, how do we share information and develop collaborative engagement to enhance resilience? Because I understand that sharing information due to privacy laws and all that is making things very difficult. Mm. So how do we make it happen? So we've had this this discussion. I think it was a whole day workshop. Yeah, it was a whole day workshop where we talked about different hazards that it's, that Australia is prone to, mm. and what are the platforms that we can use. You know, mm -hmm. to share information without yeah. bridging law uh, regulations or without uh, bridging privacy acts. Mm -hmm. And how can we develop a platform, a, a joint collaborative engagement and platform where we can your own information, let's say information from the hazard people, from the police, from mm -hmm. the emergency response can overlap successfully yeah. and we can actually get this information in real time mm -hmm. to make our own decisions. For instance, if there's a big fire somewhere now, the police to get their information. How does it overlap with the responders' information mm -hmm. so that they can make you know adequate? What about the ambulance? Yeah. How do they get it on time? The firefighters, mm -hmm. even the youths, because we are putting together a youth organization that will help in cleanup. Wow. You know, we learned about that model from New Zealand, where the mm -hmm. youths were the major contributors for cleanup, 
after the Christchurch earthquake. Mm -hmm. So I think it would be a good thing to replicate it. We've, we've, we've put that in process. It should yeah. be, we'll be launching that in 2020. That is so exciting. Yeah, so we want to start educating our youth and building their capacities on how to respond, mm -hmm. you know, to disasters as young people. There are a lot of things young people can contribute, but in a, you know, in a more professional way. Mm -hmm. So these are some of the things we have done. And we have, you know, we have formed Lot of several partnerships for training and capacity building here in Australia. I'll say first with the Youth Council, with the United Nations Modern City mm -hmm. Organization. Also overseas in Korea, Cambodia, Fiji, Samoa. There are heaps of them that we have achieved in the last six months. Yeah. Wow. What do you see as the most positive or hopeful solutions to address some of the complex problems we're seeing in the world at the moment? From my end, I'll say that our world today is fast evolving. And you will observe that as you think critically of ways to address the ever-increasing complexities that's come along with it, the more tendencies and new challenges are going to emerge. So we have a lot of wicked problems out there mm. to be solved. One of the things I think the SDG, which is the Sustainable Development Goals, and the targets are very important tools and frameworks for every country, for businesses, for government to use in addressing the numerous challenges. Because the SDGs covers every of our day-to-day -day activities. Even you as a human being, drinking water every day increases your health. You know, making sustainable decisions in terms of how to sort your own waste. Mm -hmm. Contribute to sustainable um, SDG 11. Making conscious decisions, I'm going to be putting solar panels in my house. Mm. Contribute to sustainable energy and clean energy. So these are some of the things that I think that SDGs can help. Even for businesses, how do businesses align their strategic goals or their strategic plan to achieve you know SDGs in terms of how do we make sure that our activities are reducing uh, the uh, the impact of our activities are being reduced mm. especially the negative ones have been reduced in terms of environmental impact and also how could we increase the positive impact of activities on the society mm -hmm. so that's part of why i think the SDGs is one of the ways to do this so why this is going to be a daunting task for everyone the change of transformation we want to see will come through personal orientation. If everyone, you and I, and everyone out there thinks that they have, they can contribute even a little bit to a change in your own little way, then collectively it becomes a bigger picture. Mm. It becomes something big. But how do we do that? So one of the things I mentioned in my last interview is that Siphon Castle we helps you to do that. We know that the SDG target is very big, it's very ambiguous, a lot of people don't understand it. So from 2020, we're going to be running a lot of workshops on introduction to SDGs. How do I personalize SDGs as a business owner, mm -hmm. as a small business owner, a small entity, as a medium size, as a large size organizations, even for local councils, for individuals who are passionate about you know, climate change, who are passionate about SDGs, who are passionate about their health, in any area that you are passionate about, come to us. We'll be able to actually, you know, sit down with you and help you develop those indicators. How do you understand those targets? What exactly are you doing to meet those targets? And how we can we help you change the narrative so that you can report it appropriately and show that you are contributing in your own way to, you know, solving one of the world's um, greatest problems. So um, I'll give you an example of that in that. You know, for instance, the SDG 12 seeks to elaborate more sustainable consumption and production. For this to occur, we need education and partnerships to enlighten people for the attainment of other sustainable development that goes a long way to provide positive impacts we always strive to accomplish. Yeah, so it's wow. always about the collab 
always about the you know the collaborative um approach moving yeah. everybody together in one entity yeah absolutely they sound like a huge range of really positive solutions yeah. that you know can start on a small level and then grow what do you think is the role of young people in shaping a better world are there any good examples that you've seen or worked with oh heaps of them <laughs> well i'll start with that young people have a critical you know, roles to play in driving sustainable development agenda. I'll start with my favorite people <laughs> here, which is the Youth Council. They've been at the forefront of driving um, the awareness of sustainable development in Newcastle. I'm not sure about the the, globe, the whole Australia, but I know that they are one of the people who talks about sustainable development goals. How can we achieve it in the last three, I'll say in the last three years, because I've read the record. I'm not here, but I've seen and I've read, you know, some of the activities. So this is a great example of how our youths are passionate about, not about themselves, because you see a lot of youth are just thinking about themselves, mm -hmm. but these youth are just are not thinking about themselves. They are thinking about providing a safe place for a good environment, a safe world for generations to come. Which kind of gladdens my heart? This is one of the great examples. Another one is the, you know, the 16 year old greater Thunberg, a Swedish girl who is an environmental activist on climate change. She started at the age of 15, you know, but she's a good example that we can say, mm -hmm. you know, is driving change. And, you know, coming back home again, the essence of what we are here doing today is the Spring Street Festival, organized by our own youth, which I'm so proud of, you know. The forum helped us to celebrate the incredible achievement made by our own community towards Agenda 2030. And I also want to thank the mayor of Newcastle because she's one of the forefathers and of you know this implementing SDGs in Newcastle and the, the whole Newcastle city mm -hmm. yeah. people are all working <laughs> towards it. Yeah. Wow. And last question, how can people get involved with CFAL or related projects? Okay, like I mentioned before, my doors are open. So you can get involved in CIFA in a lot of ways. First, you go to our website. Our Facebook page is Fun Loving. We have a Twitter. <laughs> we have Instagram. And we have a YouTube channel. So if you get on our mailing list first, you'll be able to get involved in some of the activities, know some of the things we do. And then if you want to attend some of our workshops, just, you know, register. Some of them are free. So these are some of the ways that you can get involved. And if you have a project that you're passionate about, that you don't know how to make it happen, come to us. We can, you know, sit down with you, help you develop it and help you, you know, point you in directions of where you can, how you can get a project done. Well, thank you so much. Thank for you. everything and being a part of this interview. Um, yeah, you're definitely such an inspiring person and CFAL seems like it has so much to offer, especially yeah, to have. young people. Yeah. Yeah, thank you so much. If you like this podcast, make our tomorrow brighter and review us on iTunes. Thanks for listening and we hope you enjoyed the episode. For more information about CFILE Newcastle or the Y Project, check out the links in the show notes. Thanks so much for joining us. If you're doing something inspired in your community, DM us on Instagram and tag us in your story so we can share it at Anui Youth Council. This has been a Newcastle Library's Real Production. 